Welcome to the EchoCast. I am Bond, and this is a podcast about video game news, speculation, reviews, and whatever else I feel like talking about. This week, we'll be covering Starfield's release date, Xbox announces E3 plans, Resident Evil 4 demo takes, and much more. A few things before we get started. Subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform, and if you're on Spotify or iTunes, please review the show. On YouTube, please subscribe to the channel, like the video, and comment with your thoughts, questions for next week, or just say hello. A huge thanks to supporter-level patrons, PK, The Dawn, Cage Nephilim, and Neuronix. If you're interested in supporting this podcast and getting ad-free episodes for as little as $1 per month, please check out patreon.com slash bonddiesel. Gaming news. This week, we have 13 stories. Story number one. Starfield gets a release date. So we have gotten the announcement. We know the things now. Starfield will release on September 6th of this year. We also know they're going to do a showcase on the evening of June 11th of this year. That's notable because Xbox is doing a showcase the same day. We'll talk about that next. So what do we feel? What do we think about this? Um, there's not much news to it. They did have a trailer. The trailer had some cool new stuff in it, um, but it was mostly Todd Howard talking about how gigantic this game is and how excited they are to finally release it. Um, I've seen you know some interesting coverage on this. I've even seen relatively large outlets doing what I think is kind of lame and being like, Xbox lied. Because the impression was last year, at last year's E3, that they showed a bunch of games that would be released within the next year. Uh, This will be the first game so far, there could be more, that they showed that that will not fulfill that promise. The, The thing is, though, is that in the environment we've been in for the last few years, with delays, especially because of COVID, but for lots of reasons, it seems so, like... It doesn't seem very genuine, in my opinion, to be like, they lied. Because lying implies that they knew it wouldn't release in 12 months, but they said it would anyways. And I don't think that's the case. I suspect over the last 12 months, or the last seven, eight, nine months, they realized like, okay, June's not going to work. We're going to have to push out a little bit further. And they are. And that's fine. I just, I don't know. I hate the coverage of this, or at least some of it. It's just been very lame and very dramatic and sensational. Um, The game's coming out. They're going to do some, they're going to show us cool stuff. Um, At the end of the day, you know, the game will come out and everyone will forget about most of the complaints and the drama and all of that. What I find really interesting is that June 11th showcase, because I'm so conflicted right now, and I caught the same... Um, sort of feel from the kind of funny X cast of I don't know if I want to watch that showcase because I'm all in I'm sold it's a Bethesda game it's in space now I mean 
I just have very little doubt this will be a game that I hate. It may not be my favorite game in the world. I hope it does. I hope it's competing for it. But I suspect it's at least going to be a good time. And I just don't know what else they could show me that would make me happier or more excited. I'm already excited and happy. So if anything, all it can really do is spoil stuff for me. And obviously, I don't want that. So um, they, they have done a really good job so far of not spoiling things. Uh, I feel like we know so little about the world and the story and what's going to happen in a very good way. No complaints. We don't really know if there's aliens. We don't really know, uh, you know, what the concept of like faster than light travel is, uh, time travel, uh, how you know you get around quickly in this in this galaxy. Is it super super based in reality? Are they going to take some liberties with it? Um, some of the more mystical stuff they've shown in the trailers. I assume that's going to be you know, like part of the big mystery, uh, that we're going to be dealing with, assuming there is one. I just feel like so far they've done a really good job of showing enough for interest, but not showing so much that you feel like you've already half figured out, uh, what the whole game's about. So we have a date. We know what's coming. We know when it's coming. I wish it was coming sooner. I wish they were hitting that one year mark, but they aren't. And that's fine. Like the thing is, is that I don't think anyone really cares. The only people you're seeing moan and groan about it are just trying to get clicks, whether they are just trying to hate on Xbox or if they're just running a channel or a publication that just is desperate. <laughs> you know, um, I just I think portraying this as like a lie is just silly and juvenile and I'm not going to do it because I'm excited for September 6th story number two uh, speaking of the Xbox showcase uh, they are also having a showcase on the 11th so what I've seen so far seems to suggest they will be doing a show that uh, earlier that day and then the Starfield show will be later the Xbox showcase will be interesting because I don't think they'll do exactly what they did last year with the everything that we show will release in the next 12 months. One, to avoid an issue like with Starfield. And two, I think they will like 90% show things coming in the next 12 months. But I think they'll give themselves some freedom to show stuff way ahead of time. And that's okay. The issue people have with showing things way too early is that like a few years ago, Xbox did that with a bunch of games that still aren't out. And, and, that, and that was the bulk of their show. So they showed, you know, like more than half of their show was showing games way ahead of time that to this day still haven't released. Where if they show like 90% of stuff that is coming soon, but then still tease us with a few things that are two, three years out, that's fine. And it could lead to a lot of excitement. Um, if they show something like a New Vegas 2 or something like that, things that are not anywhere near being done, maybe not even being in you know production yet, but they can still tease, right? Uh, they just can't make it their whole show. Um, the things I do expect to see um, something from, even if it's a tease, 
Gears of War 6, Perfect Dark, Indiana Jones, Hellblade 2, Avowed, The Outer Worlds 2, Fable, Forza, State of Decay 3, and Contraband. I, I know there's other stuff I forgot, but when I looked at a quick list, those are the ones that stood out to me that I'm at least tacitly interested in. Um, what I think is really interesting about the timing for this is it's like literally directly in the week between E3 and Summer Game Fest. So E3 is the, you know, the, the kind of classic show, Summer Game Fest being Jeff Keighley's second attempt um, at doing a summer show uh, that is expected to have one, like a big showcase and then a in-person event of some capacity. I thought Summer Game Fest last year was super underwhelming and very commercial and very focused on Jeff. And it was way too long. There simply wasn't an E3. So I just kind of feel like both of these will probably be better than last year. Um, but from what we've seen so far from E3, where there are a lot of big announcements expected now because of the third parties who are going to be there, I'm really curious to what uh, SGF looks like. But it looks like Xbox is avoiding both of them. I, I think that's a smart move for them. It would have been cool for them to attach themselves, but even their attachment in previous years to E3 was them just like kind of being nice. They were still doing their show in their own arena. They were still advertising it basically as a separate event. Um, that was just in like association with, um, you know, with, with the, uh, E3 events. Um, but it seems like this time they're literally cutting the difference and being like, hey, we are neutral right in the middle. So um, I'm excited to see what happens with that. Um, I, I'm getting more and more excited for June. I think June is just going to be a fun month. Um, I'm really curious to see uh, who's going to land where. Uh, one of the big third parties we haven't heard anything from so far is EA. I think they will do like an EA Play presentation, maybe kind of like what Xbox is doing and split the difference, uh, do it in the week in the middle. They have shown stuff on Jeff Keighley's shows before, um, so maybe we'll see them at SGF, but they've also worked with E3 in previous years, so maybe we'll see them there. Um, I don't know, but... I'm excited to see what Xbox has. I'm excited to see how E3 and SGF turn out. And I just uh, kind of want to get this stuff going because uh, it's just, it's exciting. It's new stuff. It's seeing stuff that's coming. Uh, it's supposed to be the fun part. And I feel like we've missed out on that for the last few years. And uh, I, I hope that we get some semblance of it back. Story number three. Resident Evil 4 Remake Chainsaw Demo. So in a bit of a surprise last night, I'm recording this on Friday. So on Thursday night, uh, they released a demo for the Resident Evil 4 Remake. Um, this has been a pretty hotly anticipated remake. All of these Resident Evil remakes have been really good. Um, two especially was amazing. Um, three was a little lukewarm with most people, but four looks like it's coming back to that pretty high quality standard. Um, I have played it. Um, I, I don't think I've beaten it. Uh, I have gotten to the chainsaw guy. Can't quite figure out what to do after that. And I'm okay with that. I don't need to play more. I'm, 
I'm on the fence of buying this game, but what I will say is it looks really good. I felt like it actually handled pretty well, where I've heard the controls on the original are a little clunky, to say the least. Um, it just, man, it is so pretty. That engine they use is so good. Um, it, it just, it feels pretty good. It feels frantic. It feels stressful. It's anxiety, you know, drawing. You know, it, it makes you nervous, but I think it's pretty darn good. And I am um, highly anticipating some extremely high scores for this when it comes out. And I think it's probably going to deserve them. I'm, uh, I was very impressed. So if you have a chance to check out the demo, I highly suggest it. And if you like it, it may be a good purchase for you when it comes out. I will, uh, I will let you all know what I uh, end up doing, because I'm honestly not sure yet. Story number four. Dr. Disrespect's game will have $100,000 prizes that you can get, supposedly. Um, so Dr. Disrespect has his own gaming studio, um, supposedly. Uh, we've not seen a ton from it. Uh, we've seen a lot more bluster about it being part of the Web3 and having NFTs and all this silly stuff. Um, and he kind of doubled down this week by claiming that um, or, or, or proposing the idea, I guess, of, you know, what if one of the items in the game you find out is worth $100,000 in real life? Um it makes the stakes of you know extracting or getting out of that uh, instance of the game, you know, all the more uh, urgent and exhilarating. The problem is, is that he's assuming that in the you know the back end of NFTs crashing really badly, the whole market becoming even more niche than it was at in its heyday. Um, it just kind of seems like he and some other people are either deluding themselves or are surrounded by people who are deluding them. Because I just, the things I saw him say, he made basically made a bunch of statements on his Twitter about the future of this game um, around this idea. Like, the only way I can explain why he still seems so confident this is going to work, he just must have himself surrounded with people who are just telling him yes oh yeah 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 yeah. i mean it's gonna be great and i know i'm sure his viewers are like that heaven forbid you ever say anything bad about this you know adulterous dishonest you know bathroom looking weirdo um if you say anything bad about this guy people lose their mind because um he he has had moments of sincerity and decentness uh, but in my opinion, they don't really outweigh the times that uh, he's definitely not been those things. Um, and, and I think everything he says is bullcrap. He's he's a salesman. He's full of it. Uh, he's saying everything he can to try to pump this up, uh, probably deep down knowing that it's almost certainly going to fail and be a gigantic waste of his money. Um, but, you know, if you're if you're pushing something, you can't let that show. And. Um, I saw this as him just blustering more, you know, for a digital only item to be worth 100K, there has to be a lot of worth around the whole system. And I'm sure he'll put this game out for a couple of weeks. It'll do OK and it will prove him, quote unquote, right 
uh, for a really short time. And then I think we don't hear much about it from him or anyone else as it almost certainly very quickly uh, descends into anonymity and people kind of get over it because we already are over the NFTs. Like people are already done with it. But a, a few select people in groups and publishers and devs are still trudging through. And I guess I'll wish them luck, even though I kind of really sincerely don't anyways story number five the suicide squad game has been delayed indefinitely so after a uh, negative to be as positive as possible uh, after a negative reaction to the gameplay we saw recently at the playstation state of play the suicide squad kill the justice league game has been delayed um it was supposed to come out i believe in like april uh, or may so it was close and uh, it seems the feedback has had them change their mind the initial rumors about it was that they were going to try to uh, delay it to just later in 2023 um, the word now um, from jeff grubb uh, and some other people that have talked to i think similar sources think that it could be delayed as far as 2024 um, that's an interesting one for me because you, you're going to pull it back. You're going to spend millions and millions more dollars um, to, to address this game. Um, are, are they going to go so far as to like make it not a live service game to take out a bunch of that stuff that people don't want and then re-release re re it? Like if you're going to delay a game for almost a year, um, that seems like why you would be doing it. But then is it going to come out like it's not like people are clamoring for this game besides the things they don't like. So, you know, I've seen sentiment on both sides, one saying, oh, I'm glad they're going to try to, you know, implement some of the feedback they've gotten. And I've seen other people be like, they should just release it. Just get it out there. It'll make a little bit of money. Let it do the best thing it can do and then just dump it and move on, because obviously people aren't picking up what you're putting down. Um, but that doesn't seem like what they're doing. Um, I, I'm skeptical that they'll really try to like retool it and make it into a more typical experience people want. Um, we've seen something similar happen with BioWare's Dragon Age. Uh, the, the new game that's coming called Dreadwolf was originally supposed to be like a live service multiplayer type of game. Uh, and then they have rebooted the game multiple times in development. Uh, and it is now a single player story-based game but even in a recent leak of information apparently in the current build of the game is some of the leftover like hubs and stuff like that that were supposed to be part of the multiplayer aspect of the game and are now likely going to be used in some capacity for the single player part of the game so um, i don't see this going that well I suspect that the people who think that Suicide Squad should have just stuck with the release date and just let it be what it is and fix as much as they can, I, I think I'll end up on that side. Uh, but maybe they have some big plans and are willing to make some big changes. Uh, we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, the story number six is some more Xbox acquisition rumors and news uh, with their attempt to buy Activision Blizzard. Um, Xbox, 
Xbox was accused by Sony, who seems increasingly desperate to end this deal. Uh, Sony accused them of having the ability and possibility of taking uh, games that are cross-platform that they buy and making those games significantly worse uh, on the Sony platform to try to encourage people to go to Xbox. What I found funny about this is that, um, you know, this could happen even today, you know, if you have a third-party deal. Um, Obviously, if you own the companies then you could implement something like this much easier. I don't think Xbox would do that. I don't think any dev would let them do that. Um, And this to me just reeks of desperation and almost like makes me wonder if they're like, like self-reporting here, like uh, Sony have, have you paid third parties to make games work a little less good on Xbox maybe? Um, I I found that it's just a really funny statement, really awkward, um, and and really them, in my opinion, like I said before, just kind of coming off as really desperate, and it's just odd. Um, It seems like the writing is on the wall with this deal. Um, Obviously, they still have hurdles, um, especially like the FCC in the United States isn't meant to really look at this deal until I think like October. Um, So assuming they settle their issues in Europe, I suspect... The U.S. comes along fairly quickly, and this deal gets finalized, but we'll uh, we'll have to wait and see. Um, associated with this, there was a report that someone said that during a visit and during conversation about this, uh, Jim Ryan, who's kind of the head of PlayStation, uh, was heard saying that they don't want a Call of Duty deal, which has been the big crux here, is Sony doesn't want to lose call of duty if xbox makes it exclusive therefore xbox has been proposing all these deals to ensure call of duty stays on on uh, playstation and reportedly jim ryan says we don't want to make a deal we just want to cancel this acquisition and like from a business standpoint i get it i get what he's saying um but man uh, they sony is is just real lucky they have some of the best games ever made because they are just such a nasty company with just like really, really unfriendly, like vibes all around it. Um, I don't know, man. Sony is just, they're lucky. They have some really good exclusives. I think. Okay. And moving on to story number seven, the finals closed beta impressions. Um, so the finals is a game being made by Embark Studios. Uh, you may remember a trailer for a game they put out a couple years ago called Ark Raiders. Um, this is a Swedish studio. Uh, it has all the style you could ever hope for. And we knew about this Ark Raiders game that, that has been delayed and still isn't out. But then we found out about this multiplayer, the finals game. Uh, what to know about Embark is it's basically dice. Um, from the top to bottom, they have a ton of dice employees, which is part of EA now, um, and made all of the Battlefield games. And uh, you can see the DNA. Um, the The finals is a multiplayer game that is a shooter that is very um, movement and environmental destruction based. So uh, you have all these objectives when you play these multiplayer matches. Um, but they are significantly impacted by the amount of destruction and craziness you can do within the 
playing arena. So um, I haven't played it. I've seen footage of it, and I've seen a first impression uh, from Skill Up, and my impression is that this looks really good. I can't promise this is a game I'm super interested in personally. This is something that I would love to try, but we'll probably not sit and play a thousand hours of. Um, but it, if anything, seems like a proof of concept for the studio to say, look, we can finish something and we can do something good. And if this Arc Raiders game is going to be co-op or anything like that, they're showing they can do multiplayer. Um, and that they can do it in a stable way and a consistent way. And that is very exciting. Um, I'm really excited for Arc Raiders, and we barely know anything about it. It just has one of the best trailers I've ever seen, uh, and I want to see more from it. I'm really hoping that this year um, they are making progress and uh, that maybe we'll get to see some kind of a deep dive uh, into Arc Raiders. Story number eight, Mass Effect 3 had its 11-year anniversary this week. So uh, 11 years ago, Mass Effect 3 released. Obviously, uh, depending on when you came into the franchise uh, with your fandom, uh, it, this was a, a, a probably a divisive week. Uh, it's a rather long game to play, but I'm sure you know multiple people did beat it within the first few days. Uh, and then that's, uh, I, I assume, when the controversy about the endings happened. People were very unsatisfied with the trilogy wrapping up with a bunch of pretty mediocre endings. Um, over the following months and, and months and months, uh, Bioware did uh, release basically a extended cut, I guess would be the right word, um, where they made the endings a bit better. Uh, a lot of people still don't love them. I think they're great, personally. Um, but the, the Mass Effect 3's legacy is really interesting to me. For me, it's actually my favorite game. It's my favorite Mass Effect. Um, I know a lot of people like 2 the most. I feel like it just feels like a waste of time, even though it does have great character moments. Um, but like to me, 3 is the best one. And not just because of gameplay, but because I do like seeing threads get closed up and, and things like that. And I feel like we get quite a bit of that. There's obviously a ton of things I would nitpick, um, but I'm not super worried about it. I just... Um, I just really want to know how it's going to play in to the next game. I do have a quick request. Um, I'm, I want to do a Mass Effect giveaway. I have a pretty good chunk of change I can use for gift cards from there. So if there's anything you want in particular, um, I need you to let me know. Um, if you have any ideas, if you go to the Bioware gear store um, and look at things that are probably like under 100 bucks, um, let me know in the comments or somewhere what items you like and that you think you would be excited to enter a giveaway for because um, I will be doing that in the next month or so. Uh, the Division 1 had, had its seven-year anniversary. Uh, the Division 1 came out in 2016, and um, it, uh, you know, it was a big game for me in my life. It came out when I was in my late 20s. I started playing it. It's the thing that encouraged me to start uh, being more present online, to doing streams, to doing my podcast, um, to doing um, all kinds of stuff uh, in a more visible way. My work on that game got me a trip to E3 for the Division 2's announcement, another trip to San Francisco to play the Division 2 early. 
Um, so to say the least, the Division One um, has had a pretty big impact on my life. Um, unlike some people, I actually do genuinely prefer Division Two. Um, I understand a lot of the things people liked about Division One that they miss in Two. Um, I still just think Two is so superior in so many ways, uh, and and I think that they should be really proud of what they learn their lessons from with one uh, and where they've taken the division two, even if I don't play a ton at this point. Um, but yeah, this mass effect uh, uh, or the, 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 the division um, it's anniversary. It's a big deal. Um, it was exciting to see a bunch of devs kind of enjoy the moment, uh, even if they're not working on it or not working at the studio anymore. Um, I have a feeling when they were making the division one, even with its faults, even with the things that they did leave out, I have to imagine they knew they were working on something that was going to be remembered and would be very uh, unique in the space. Story number 10, the Outer Worlds update is doing badly on PC. So long story short, it looks like we have another bad PC port. Um, Obsidian, uh, who made this, uh, the Outer Worlds, is in a tough spot because they were making this game, and I believe released it, um, before they were acquired by Xbox. So the, the deal they had with um, publishing was with Private Division. Um, so the deal with this and, and these issues are stemming from an update that Obsidian didn't make, that a outsourced studio that Private Division hired uh, made uh, this you know, graphics patch and, and some other stuff. Um, and it's not working well on PC and that shouldn't be that surprising to anyone who's been paying attention lately. Um, basically no PC ports are good right now. And it's really upsetting a, a lot of people. I, at one point, I believe games were mostly made and prototyped on PC and then transferred over to console and then dumbed down from there. So they would work. So what kind of seemed to happen here was the. The upgrade uh, from whatever studio they contracted with, it, it just didn't work. And the PC uh, is suffering for it. I played on console. I thought it seemed fine. Um, I didn't notice it. It also didn't look like that much better. But maybe I'm just forgetting what it looked like before. Um, but Outer Worlds is a great game. I hate seeing it get some bad press like this. I hope Private Division figures their stuff out. Uh, and it'll be exciting to see what Obsidian does with the sequel to this game. I hope they make it more flushed out and bigger and kind of more of that big Fallout experience people kind of expected uh, and kind of got with Outer Worlds, but just a bit short. Story number 11, The Last of Us Part 1 PC specs released. Um, this is a quick one. I looked at these. They're pretty reasonable. Um, I, I think that if you have a decent rig at this point, you'll at least be able to play and you may even be able to boost some of the things up. I do plan on buying this and playing it. Um, I have enjoyed following along with the show. I've watched some playthroughs of both games, um, and it does seem like it would be at least somewhat interesting to try to take control of this crazy situation yourself and kind of see how, uh, you know, your own, my own experience will be with uh, playing through this and kind of seeing what it's all about. Story number 12, another quick one. PlayStation is getting Discord integration. So... <laughs> Months after Xbox got it, which is weird because I believe PlayStation, I don't know if they bought Discord, but they are at least a pretty heavy investor in it or a heavy partner. 
um, and uh, they're getting it. It's cool. I don't really use Discord that much. I've never used the Discord on my Xbox. I have tested it, and it works really well from what I've seen. But I think, um, you know, this is a bit of a hyped-up thing. But as crossplay gets more popular, I think you'll see this become more common because a lot of people don't want to use VoIP for security reasons and quality. And I think you'll find that a lot of people will skip VoIP to just join into lobbies with people who they're playing with and talk that way. So, um cool for playstation players if you've been waiting for this uh but you know we'll see how much it really gets integrated and used and then last but not least story number 13 is uh spotify updates that impact this podcast so two big things happened this week with um spotify the first one is that they are partnering with patreon to give um basically exclusive podcast episodes uh to to spotify so Instead of using the terrible Patreon uh, audio device to listen to ad-free podcasts like like my own, you can instead find your podcast on Spotify without the ads and be able to listen to it through that and um, and just make it just easier to implement that. So, um, however, they, they haven't detailed this yet. Whatever it takes to do that, I will do it. So if you want to become a Patreon uh, or a patron and skip out on any ads like the one you heard before, um, hopefully this will give a better solution for people to listen to the show without going through the Patreon app. The second part um, is that... Uh, Anchor, which is uh, the company I did all my uh, hosting with for my podcast, is now called Spotify for Podcasters. Um, They are, um, it's mostly aesthetic changes now, though I will say for the first time in like two years, I've been offered an ad. That's what you should have heard before. Um, The ad is for Spotify for Podcasters. I really have had nothing but good things to say about anchor and now it's new name um so i really do believe in the ad and i'm really happy to get another opportunity to do that ad uh i had a similar one years ago uh and uh we'll see how we can get this one going um so i appreciate you listening to the ad um if you want an ad free experience though you can join on patreon where there is an ad free upload um you can also check out uh youtube i don't have any ads listed on there but you may get the youtube ads so just keep that in mind Okay, listener questions. So um, if you have any of your own questions, uh, please be sure to ask in the Discord, in the YouTube comments, uh, or you can hit me up on Twitter, at Bondiesel or at The EchoCast. The first question comes from Pizza Morgue. They say, other than The Division, what franchise would you like to see get the, quote, Sony game treatment, for lack of a better term? Um, taking a 60-hour live service open-world experience and turning it into a linear 15-hour third-person narrative uh, adventure. <sighs> uh, Fallout? Mass Effect? Um, I'm trying to think what other like big epic games I think would be interesting to see, like a more like cinematic experience from... Um, a Ghost Recon game again. Uh, my my favorite Ghost Recon was Future Soldier because it was a more focused game. It wasn't a big open world experience. It wasn't a looter shooter. It was just a cool, awesome military combat story, and that's just what we got. Um, 
I'm trying to think Fortnite. That's the one I want. I want a sim because Fortnite has a ton of lore and it does have the potential for a legit story and something very tight. Uh, give it. That's what I want. I want it to be silly, uh, but serious. Give me the Fortnite Sony game. That's what I need. Uh, and then two more questions here from Master Prime. Uh, do you think the HBO adaptation of The Last of Us was good because of the simplicity of the game? Um, to a point, yeah. I mean, like, kind of almost what Pizza Morgue was saying is, um, like, if you were, like, well, supposedly they're trying to make a The Division movie. You're talking about two games that people play for hundreds of hours, but even just the story, you're looking at 20 hours for both of them. I mean, trying to figure out how to make any kind of media feel in that world is going to be so hard. And obviously, because we still don't have it yet, like they've been avoiding making this thing like the plague, it seems like. Um, and so, you know, something like the division is so big that, you know, trying to boil it down to a smaller experience is going to be hard because it's going to lose its charm, right? To a point. The Last of Us is basically just telling the story from the game that is basically a movie in the first place. Obviously, there's lots of gameplay. Obviously, there's been lots of changes, but you know what I mean. And it's not a bad thing. It's not a rip. Um, it's it's not a, uh, a complaint or anything. It's just... I think a, a game like The Last of Us translates easier because it's almost already a game where, you know, something that isn't that way will be hard, if not impossible. But we'll see. The second question from Master Prime is, what genre of games do you think will be the next big thing like Battle Royale games have been recently? Um, I, I think, and contrary to an article I saw yesterday, I think the day of the RPG is coming back, especially the Western RPG. Um, I think we see it happening in the games that are being developed and worked on right now. I think we see like a Bioware come back into form. I think we see Bethesda once every 10 years releasing their entry into this world. Um, I really think that we're seeing a big influx in RPGs again because people want that kind of long form experience. And especially if it's like a Mass Effect RPG, you're making deep, serious connections with other characters, uh, even like real deep, if you know what I mean, wink. Um, but um, I, I would say, I think RPGs are making a comeback, personally. I, I think they, uh, and I hope they do. I hope that happens uh, and it isn't just shooters again or something. So thanks uh, to both of you for your questions. I really do appreciate it. Again, if you have your own questions, get to me in some way and ask them. I'm ha always happy to answer or speak on a topic that you want me to speak about. And that's kind of where we'll start wrapping it up. Um, thank you so much for listening. Um, I'm happy to get any feedback on the show. Uh, you can give it to me in all the same ways. Uh, I told you you could leave questions. So uh, in the YouTube comments, on my Twitter, in the Discord, uh, feel free to let me know what you think about the show and how you think it could be better. I'd love to hear that. Um, you can find me all over the internet as Bond Diesel, including on Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, and over on Twitch. Uh, I stream on YouTube. I post lots of videos on YouTube, including this podcast. So get over there. Check out my other stuff. Say hi in the stream. Uh, let's go from there. That is all I have. So until next time. Thank you.